Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the MLB Extras Braves podcast with Mark Bowman. I'm Tim McMaster, the host, and Mark, a lot to get to on this one. It is award season. Braves have collected awards already. Other Braves are up for the big awards, which are coming next week. We'll talk about all of that. And the general manager meetings are going on right now in Carlsbad, California. Alex Anthopoulos out there, uh, among other Braves representatives. So we'll talk about that as well. In fact, let's start there. And we have a little sound from Anthopoulos out there, Mark. Let's listen in. Uh, he's asked here by J.P. Morosi about... Bryce Harper and how Bryce Harper maybe could fit into and fill a role for the Braves this offseason. Yeah, I mean, any outfielder in our division with a nice beard can play on our, our club. So, um, obviously, I, I know everyone's going to, you know, I never get into specifics of who we'd go after, but Bryce is a guy that's a great player. I think every any team would love to have him. Uh, he's an impact player. Um, you know, beyond that, I would expect there to be a ton of ton of interest in him, rightfully so. Um but I'm never one to get into who we're going after. I think our job is to try to keep that as quiet as we can. But, uh, look, we need to fill a corner outfield spot one way or the other. So, Mark, this this franchise has different needs. We've talked about catcher and, and starting pitching. But corner outfield is a spot as well. How do you feel about the, the words you hear there from Anthopoulos and Bryce Harper and how he could fit into things? Is, is that something the Braves are willing to, uh, I guess, take that big of a leap into free agency? Well, you know, I, I think that's it's, you know pretty funny that he mentions uh, you know guys with nice beards from the NL East. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> keeping open <clears throat> keeping open that possibility of re-signing Nick Markakis. But uh, no, I, you know, I, I think that you, you go down that path and you <clears throat> you follow what what Harper's um, market does. But I, I don't think Alex. Whether it's Bryce Harper, who you know you don't lump him in with with everybody, he is a special talent. Uh, you, you don't you know make a hard fast rule. He doesn't apply to the hard fast rule. But Alex has made it clear that he's not willing to provide long term contracts. That he's not comfortable with this stage uh, with the, with his uh, current team to, to make that kind of commitment. And you know, um, if, if you're you're throwing out thirty thirty five million dollars for for Harper, um, you know, average annual salary, um, then, then I, you really don't have much of that, that financial flexibility you have to work with this year's gone. Now then all of a sudden you're paying this guy all this, this money and you haven't addressed your, you know, maybe your more important needs to, to get a starting pitcher and improve your, your bullpen and, you know, get a catcher. So, you know, it's, let's put it this way. I, I don't think there's any reason to, to spend much for Braves fans to spend much time thinking about whether Bryce Harper will be in Atlanta next year. I'm sure they'll think about it, though, Mark. They will do a little bit of thinking about all those big names as well. So what kind of an outfielder, a corner outfielder, makes more sense for the Braves at this point? You know, right now I think Michael Brantley is, is a, an outfielder who has drawn some interest from the Braves, a guy that uh, you know could, could – Go in there, and, and if you you put him there, and you could put him in right, or you could move Ronald Acuna to, to right. Uh, more importantly, I think they, you know, part of the, the value they see in Brantley is he could be their um, leadoff hitter. You know, they they used Acuna in that that role last year. Uh, he thrived, but at the same time, I think they they'd be more comfortable using him, batting him second or. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like the thought of putting him fourth. I, I want him in one of those first three spots. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you wanted to put him down there in the fourth spot, you could do that as well. 
Um, you know, I, I think that, that Brantley is is one of the the guys that they're one of the few free agent outfielders that they've targeted so far. They, they've they, you know, there's there's possibility that they could go the trade route to, to fill this need, but uh, but he's the one that for, for right now that's the one that has some traction. All right, I mentioned the awards. Let's get to that a little bit. Three Braves take home gold gloves. Impressive stuff for a team that defense was really one of the calling cards for this team in 2018. Uh, Ender and Ciarte, absolutely no surprise there. Third year in a row that he gets a gold glove in center field. Freddie Freeman gets his first ever gold glove at first base. That's been a spot in the National League that kind of Anthony Rizzo has owned the last few years. And then Nick Markakis, and I think this is the coolest story, Mark, because here's a guy that has previous gold gloves back in 2011 in 2014 out in right field but then he went through the injuries really the the career threatening injuries the neck the back he comes back he's healthy and then he wins another gold glove this year with the Braves I mean it just kind of shows the work he put in and and the kind of year he had for this Atlanta team no doubt you know my my favorite Nick Marquez stat is the is that he has logged more outfield innings than any other major leaguer since he underwent the neck surgery. You know, you think about that. I mean, it, you know, this guy, not only did he return uh, four months after having neck surgery, and he was in that opening day lineup in 2015, but he, he played every day. Um, and, you know, he that's not easy, you know, for anyone north of 30, especially somebody coming back from that kind of surgery. And, and for him to get this award, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, a year ago, he he rated as you know one of the worst outfielders, or you know lower twenty uh, percent of, of outfielders. He he would have fit that category. Um, this year, you know, this awards a credit to him, and and also the the advanced analytics that the Braves brought last year. He during the two thousand seventeen season, he was played about as shallow as anybody. You know, Mookie Mookie Betts was the only guy that played more shallow. Uh, this year, he he was one of the you know. He ranked among the, the deepest uh, in terms of average starting position for, for right fielders. Uh, in 2017, he played as, nearly as far away from the right field line as everybody. This year, he was one of the closest, in positions one, uh, on average closest to the, the right field line. So uh, a credit to the, the Brave staff for, for, you know, playing to his strengths. Uh, and then, you know, for him, obviously, to, to do the job at where he – you know, caught the eyes of the managers and players that cast the votes, and, and, he, and he put up, you know, some pretty, you know, they, they weren't eye-popping defensive metrics, but at the same time, it was, it was enough to to get this award. And, uh, yeah, certainly, certainly uh, you have to feel good for Nick. Freeman sharing the first base award with Anthony Rizzo, which is something very rare in baseball, but still he gets credit. He'll get the trophy and all of that to go with it. Uh, As far as major postseason awards, the last time the Braves took one home was way back in 2011 when Craig Kimbrell was Rookie of the Year in the National League. Now they have two shots at it here in 2018. Uh, Obviously, Acuna is the uh, Rookie of the Year finalist, along with Juan Soto and Walker Buehler. Now, most years, this wouldn't even be a question. He would walk off with this award, Mark. But Soto's numbers are pretty similar. So I still feel like Acuna is no question the favorite with the year the Braves had along with what he did. Do you do you see it that way as well, that Acuna, Soto, Bueller all had great years, but there was something special about Acuna's? 
No, no doubt. No doubt. And there's something special about all three seasons. But at the same time, I think, you know, let's put the human element in it. And, and you, you put Soto's stats up to Acuna's, like I said, they're very similar across the board. Um, but at the same time, from the, the human element is people will remember that second half that Acuna had. Uh, that, that's what's fresh in the memories. And I think when the it was time to, to cast the ballot, you, you know, I, I think it's going to be close. Uh, but at the same time, my expectation is that Acuna will win just because, you know, people will remember exactly what he did. Um, there in late July, especially there, the uh, from like August seventh through August fifteenth, or whenever when he went through that that home run tear, all the leadoff home runs, um, you know, and, and just the, the difference he made for a team that that ended up winning the division. Uh, so I think he's he definitely will win. I, I you know, but at the same time, I, I expect the results to be quite close. And then manager of the year, Brian Snitker. What a run for this guy. Um, obviously, been with, a Brave, with the Braves for so long through the minor leagues. Got his chance at the big league level. And now he's showing that, I guess, his whole career kind of led up to this. 63 years old now for Snitker. Um, you would think at that age, maybe he would be out of touch with players. That is certainly not the case. How is he able to kind of stay in sync with this young roster? You know what? He's always been loved by his players. Going way, you know, you know, I'll go back 10, 15, 20 years, or whoever it is, whether you're talking to Jeff Francoeur or, or even the John Smoltz's or Tom Glavins that crossed paths with him at some point in the minor leagues. Um, he's he's always been a, a very easy to to deal with. Uh, he, he did change, a little, you know, over the years. I did a story in September where he talked about how he – you know, there were some life uh, altering moments that, 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 you know, led him to realize that you know, he can't be as rough on the players as he was maybe in the 80s and early 90s. Um, but at the same time, he's always had the respect of his players. Uh, this year, uh, or what, but, you know, when he took this job on an interim basis there in uh, the, about six weeks into the 2016 season when Freddie Gonzalez was fired, um, you know, I think the Braves were nine and twenty-seven at that point in time, and uh, Freddie Freeman said that when Snickers showed up in Pittsburgh that day and talked to the team, you know, they, they walked out of that room feeling like they were twenty-seven and nine. He, he just has a way to, to, you know, energize people, uh, create a very positive culture going into this year. He he took that why why not as us approach or you know why not us approach and. Uh, you know, it, it was infectious. Uh, the players bought into it, and uh, you know, he was a big reason why. And you know, you, another thing I think that you know, a cool aspect of Snit's life right now is his son Troy is coaching uh, in the Astros system. Just the conversations that he has with Troy, who's you know, 28, 29 years old at this point in time. Um, it, I, I think that helps him, you know, stay young and, and maybe relate, but. It, pretty well with his current players. Um, he understands exactly, you know, <laughs> I guess he's in, he is in tune with, with what they're thinking and, and uh, how they're feeling just because, uh, you know, he does have a, a son who, you know, got done with the professional baseball, got done pro- playing professional baseball, you know, recently and has been in the coaching ranks since then. And uh, I think that's helped him out a lot. 
Good stuff. And one more thing to touch on with you, Mark, and that is the search for the pitching coach, which uh, goes on and apparently still could be going on for some time, right? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Alex Anthopoulos a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, it's going – I don't have a timetable for this. It could even go into December. You know, you get that that response and you think, okay, well, it's not going to go to December. But, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I believe they're still early in the process. Uh, they are uh, continuing to, to interview a lot of people. I threw out – the one name I heard last week, last week was Rick Knapp, who – coincidentally replaced uh, Chuck Hernandez in Detroit uh, back after the 2008 season. So uh, I, I think they're going to be looking for a guy. We, we spoke about this last week, but a guy open to <clears throat> being able to, you know, understand, communicate, and apply, you know, some of the information applied from the analytics. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be a, uh, you know, a numbers crunch or this kind of guy. You just have to be able to, you know, the, the knowledge you've gained over the years, you're, your baseball IQ, you know, you're able to take this information and apply it and, and maybe uh, allow it to, to <clears throat> improve exactly the, the message that, that you have to deliver to the players or they explain the approach that, that the team wants to take with a specific uh, player or a specific situation. Yeah, that seems like it's become the number one skill across the game, really, is how to communicate that information to players and, and managers have gotten good at it. And now all the coaches need to do it, too. Great stuff, as always, Mark. Thanks for uh, joining the podcast once again. This has been the MLB Extras Braves podcast for Mark Bowen. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.